Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in Or just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again You need some market reconnection We got the answers to your questions No second thoughts or second guessing You need some market reconnection The real question is this How does a seven-figure business regain traction in the market? How do we reconnect with our audience? How do we stop worrying about our competitors? taking over and find the peace of mind and certainty within the marketplace. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ivan Temelkov. This is Market Reconnection. What's going on, everybody? Ivan Temelkov here on Market Reconnection Podcast. And today, I'm joined by a very amazing guest who I'm very excited to dive into her story share more about her experience, her background. Now she's she's built a successful business. But before we dive into that, I want to introduce her. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Awesome. Likewise, likewise. Kelly, um, let's start off with, if, if you're going to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background, your experience, um, you know, things that people don't know. And how did you get into what you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I always say I grew up family of five, um, five kids, my parents, and, uh, you know, they sacrificed greatly to to put us in, in private schools. And my dad worked for a nonprofit. My mom was a stay at home mom. And, you know, as you can imagine, one, one income, five kids, nonprofit, uh, that equates to living, uh, just above the poverty line. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, I grew up in a house with a lot of love, but also an immense amount of stress and trauma around money because every week, every month there were, you know, lengthy discussions about how are we going to pay the bills? Are we going to be able to pay the bills and how, right? And so, you know, I started working as much as I could from a really young age. Uh, I went to the college that I was going to be in the least amount of debt coming out of. So I went to a local university. And when I graduated, I joined a Fortune 500 firm. I got the most entry level, you know, lowest job that they had in the company. But I went for that company and I went for that, you know, entry level job, knowing that if I joined a big company, that if I, you know, worked hard and proved myself that I could move up quickly uh, and I could, you know, break this cycle of, of, you know, financial stress and struggle. And so I got in, I was the first one in, I was the first one out, out basically every day for a decade. I was promoted seven times in eight years. I became the youngest senior vice president in the company. I ended up going from managing one person and doing one uh, branch that was basically the worst branch in the country, turning it around uh, to managing 17 and building a team of 100 people. And during that time, I really learned, uh, I always say through kind of the school of hard knocks about business, about mentorship, leading, teaching, mm -hmm. coaching, sales, marketing, uh, managing a PL, designing budgets, um, you know, leading teams to success, um, growing a business during the crash in 2008 and 2009. Um, you know, and so that is where I really fell in love with business and leading people and coaching and teaching. And, you know, once I kind of got to, uh, 
uh, that senior vice president role, I really started looking around and saying, okay, like, what do I want my actual life to look like? Um, and how do I want to use my, my talent and my treasure? And for me, I was making this one company millions of dollars, but I didn't feel like I was making a difference. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's when I started my business in 2012, actually. And I really decided to dedicate my life to helping small business owners learn the fundamentals of how businesses actually work. Because uh, what I realized really quickly when I started getting involved in consulting within other companies and, and businesses is that most people have no understanding no understanding yeah. of the actual fundamentals of sales and marketing and operations and team building and the things that it really takes to build a successful company, which is why 85% of businesses still fail in the first few years. So um, fast forward to today, I built an eight-figure coaching and consulting company. We're on the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies list, a um, couple best-selling books, top-rated podcast, um, you know, have been able to help hundreds and hundreds of business owners to create wildly successful and profitable businesses. And, you know, I have five companies now. And basically just the goal is how do you move society forward through entrepreneurship? How do you yeah. help people change the trajectory of their family by learning how to create financial freedom by acquiring valuable skills that they can use to make a difference in the world. And uh, so that's what I get to do every day. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. You know, there's a couple of things I wanted to touch upon as you were talking about um, your story and your background. I, I love the fact that humble beginnings, uh, you were talking about growing up and how you realize that, you know what, I need to change my life. And the way that I'm going to change it is by doing something different. And then, you know, as you were working your way up, um, you know, through the company that you were working with uh, at the time, you really got, you know, the the grassroots, the school of hard knocks, as you said, of what it takes to build a business. And uh, something that really triggered me right there is that, um, you know, I think for me, uh, being an Eastern European, I've been very unfortunate to, to kind of come from those humble beginnings. So as you were talking about, a lot of people don't understand the reality of entrepreneurship that, hey, you're not going to build a seven-figure business in two years or even one year. That's far from the truth. In fact, you might never build a seven or even an eight-figure business. But the way you're going to build it is if you acquire the right skill set and knowledge and so forth. So I admire that you talked about that. And then very importantly, you mentioned that you got to a point when you were working at this company that you kind of realized that, hey, there's no more room for growth for me. You know, so which a lot of people don't believe it or not, because a lot of people get comfortable in that setting. Now, besides you kind of having that epiphany, was there something specific that enticed you to want to start your business? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of, there are a lot of things, right? So, I mean, obviously from an earning capacity, because I work for a publicly traded company, the CEO of every country's salary was published. And so, you know, the salary of the CEO over the U.S. or the president of the U.S. was like a million dollars. And I, I was like, I'm, I'm producing millions of dollars in sales myself personally, let alone these teams. I was running a $50 million portfolio. I'm like, I, yeah. there's no reason for me to even try to pursue. So, I mean, that was one thing, like seeing that I could go to the next level and it's still, mm -hmm. I felt held in comparison to the success that I could create for myself financially. That was a huge thing. The second thing was, I did not feel I was making a difference. And to me personally, when you look at success, I think that there's a very holistic uh, view of the fact that 
success is not one dimensional. You can make a ton of money, but if you're not experiencing fulfillment, you're not making a difference, you're not actually touching people with your talent and doing something meaningful, you can make a lot of money and be completely unhappy. And so for me, success is not just the financial component, but it's the life that you're building and the way that you're showing up in the world and and what that means, not just to you, to other people. And so that was the second big thing. And the third big thing was I wanted the freedom to be able to have flexibility, travel, put my family first, you know, really kind of be in control of my own destiny. And I knew that it wasn't this company's job to create that for me. I I was going to have to go out and kind of create that for myself. I always say like, I was kind of an accidental entrepreneur because I was not the kind of person that was like, I want to be my own boss. I want to, you know, be an entrepreneur. That was never really that attractive to me. I actually had an amazing boss who was my mentor for almost 15 years um, that I learned so much from in my corporate job. So I do not regret that at all whatsoever. Um, But I just felt like in order to go to the next step and to really become who I was meant to be, I needed to take a higher level of personal responsibility in my own life. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of things you mentioned there that are so important that I want to highlight is you you mentioned the word fulfillment and, mm-hmm. um, you know, something that that is so ironic that you mentioned about that, too, is that I've met a lot of people who have made a lot of money. And then you hear about all the bad and the ugly and how yeah. they got there and all the unethical things that they did to get yeah. to that point. So that is so key. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. And by the way, Congratulations. Number number 287 running 5000. That is Thank monumental. You. That Thank is you. absolutely fucking badass. Thank you. Um, you know, a lot of people don't never get to that point. So obviously you've done some things right, you know, to get yeah. to that. Um you were talking about fulfillment, you were talking about ethics, you were talking about values and all these things, but let's face it, you know, now your business is really growing and thriving. So what keeps it going? What keeps you going? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I think it comes back to, it's not just making money, it's how you make money. And for me, you know, I'm going on 11 years in my business now, I feel as excited and motivated as I've ever been. And I think that it's because it's not one dimensional. It's not transactional to me. Like when I chose to go down this path and why I continue to go down this path is that I am changing people's lives every single day. That's not like a platitude. That's a marketing thing that I share. I know that when people come into my world, they learn from me, they implement what I teach, their life is going this way. And now all of a sudden it's going here and their possibilities have just extended um, Mm -hmm. exponentially. And so for me, like that is what keeps me going because I know that what I'm doing matters. And that's why I made the change. I needed to do work that matters. And, you know, you mentioned something earlier about like kind of the dark sides of success, the dark sides of money. And that's absolutely true. And I think that it's, it's easy to have success on a short, like in a, in a short time frame and maintain success in a short time frame, doing it transactionally just to like get the win, get the money, like at all costs, you know, whatever. But I think sustaining success over a long period and continuing to be successful, continuing to be motivated, continuing to love what you do, that's about who you're becoming and and how you're being in the process of creating that success. And it's really about thinking about the context of what are your gifts? Why are you here? How can you contribute in a meaningful way? Because 
I believe that wealth and income is simply just an exchange of value. It's an exchange of value, right? So you bring more value to the world, you're going to create more opportunity to expand your your wealth capacity. You know, um, you said wealth is an exchange of value. So important. So Mm -hmm. important because, and I think this is one of the things that I admire about people like you who, you know, you've gotten on the Inc. 5000 list and you've accomplished all these things, you know, but you've also acquired a massive amount of knowledge and value that is considered wealth. Yes. And I think, you know, um, and some of the things that, that I read in your portfolio is that the specific of the six to seven figure entrepreneurs struggle in differentiating what value really yeah. is because they look at it, as you mentioned, more from a transactional standpoint. Yeah. You know, for instance, if you pay someone, you know, to do X, Y, Z, then most six to seven figure entrepreneurs look at it from a transactional standpoint. They don't look exactly. at it as this value. It takes time to build that. So people like you who, you know, your eight figure business, you understand that wealth is value. It's not just monetary. So that's really important. I want to dive into something that a little different here because this is something that's not talked a lot about in entrepreneurship. What advice would you like to share on tackling difficult times? And let's face it, we've all had them. Right? Yeah. What advice would you share? Yeah. I, I would say that you can't outrun it. You can't out talent it. You can't out buy it. Um, there is, there is no one that will not experience highs and lows and good seasons and bad seasons in business. Absolutely. Uh, being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart and it's not for everyone. Um, you know, someone asked me recently, can everyone be a successful entrepreneur? And, you know, I don't think a lot of people have the elasticity mentally to be a successful entrepreneur because you take so many blows every single day. And, you know, even if you're a wildly successful entrepreneur, you're dealing with human capital, you are managing people, you are managing clients, there is no instance in which you are going to uh, put yourself in like a a throne, where you are not going to be on a daily basis, uh, tasked with and challenged with navigating uh, the things that come with interacting with other humans who have trauma, and they have heartache, and they have highs and lows and ups and downs and you know, all of those things. So, you know, I would just say, you know, I think one of the things that I think takes businesses out of business is that when a business owner starts to have success, they see themselves um, as being successful. And then when they hit their next season where they're facing challenges and they're struggling, they now see themselves as unsuccessful. And many times when that period of challenge faces an entrepreneur who once had success, they cannot mentally get back to a place of gaining emotional control and refocusing and and recovering. And what I tell people very often, because I, I business is very much like athletics. I say train for your business like an athlete trains for your sport. The, the people that succeed at high levels in business are simply the individuals that have the ability to have the fastest and most efficient recovery rate from failure. And the people that go out of business are the people that spiral out and emotionally don't know how to deal with the fact that they went from succeeding to failing. I still fail every day. I fail all the time in my business. I've had highs and lows and ups and downs and goods and bad. People think that once you're successful, that you're successful. 
Like it's like a, it's like a, a stagnant thing. Like, yeah. oh, you're successful. And it's like, no, someone who's successful is going through those ups and downs every day. It's just, they have a really strong recovery rate. They're really resilient. And so, you know, especially in a year like 2023, where the market is, uh, you know, definitely contracting, um, there's huge buyer hesitancy, you know, a lot of the things that were working, you know, a couple past years ago are not working now. You have to be resourceful. You have to be resilient and you have to play the long game. And I think it's really important to understand that people that have success over a period of time, they don't not experience those challenges. They experience the same challenges everyone else does. It's just that they respond differently to them. And that is a key insight if you're looking to achieve high levels of success. You know, you something I'm going to touch upon that you mentioned uh, businesses like running a marathon, a triathlon. I can resonate so much with that for one because I'm training for a half Ironman. Yes, right now. you and know what I'm talking about. It's look. I mean, I've been a cyclist for 13 years, and and doing this now is like, what in the fuck are you signing up for, Ivan? It's like so literally, true. I'm two weeks in. And I'm actually going side by side with someone who's doing five of these this year alone. Mm. So this mm-hmm. is like a seasoned Iron Man, you know, yes. athlete. And so when we're talking about that, something that really triggered with me recently is that I came to a realization. I think you you pointed this out that a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize that it's not only about training about the triathlon or running your business like a triathlon, but realizing the habits that you build along the way. So Someone else said mind and body. If you train your mind and body, then the bank account will ultimately come. And a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, especially six-figure entrepreneurs, do not understand that methodology. They cannot understand. I mean, it might take some time before they understand it, but in the beginnings, it just does not ring a bell for them. Yeah. Because they think yeah. it's just so cookie cutter, straight cut. I'm gonna build a seven, eight, nine-figure business. It's going to happen in a couple of years. No, bro, it ain't going to happen. I'm sorry to to be the breaker of bad news, but um, which brings me to the next thing, actually, I wanted to ask you because, you know, you've been doing this for quite some time. Looking back, can you recall any specific things that has really helped your business kind of propel? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things. I mean, I, I would say uh, focusing on the basics. I think that most business owners spend their time on completely irrelevant things uh, in avoidance of the actual things. And what I mean by that is the basics. What are the basics, right? Mm -hmm. You have to attract leads, nurture leads, and convert leads. You have to produce an exceptional result for your clients. And then you have to figure out how to get them to tell more people about you. That's business, right? The vast majority of entrepreneurs spend their times on all sorts of things that they think are going to be a shortcut to success that are going to allow them to avoid the fundamentals of talking to people, networking online, posting on social media, going live, doing what we're doing, podcasting, creating great content. Um, I think a lot of people just completely miss the point to be honest. And it's because they're looking for a shortcut. There is no shortcut. Um, You know, obviously working with a coach or a mentor can, can shorten your learning curve dramatically for sure. Um, But you still got to do the work, right? You still got to do the work. It doesn't matter. You can work with, you know, 
any guru you want, and they're still going to tell you what you need to do. And if you don't do it, nothing's going to change. Right. So for me, what has really made a difference is really focusing, uh, since day one on really high quality content that has been a constant for me from day one is focusing on really high quality and consistent content tons of podcasting, tons of podcast appearances. Um, that has been a huge number one. Number two, um, just the simplicity um, of building the audience, nurturing the audience, getting people into consultations and closing them. So just keeping it really simple, focusing on the fundamentals. Uh, and then the third thing is just team building, right? Because you can't you can't scale without team. Uh, so the sooner you focus on systems and people and processes, the the more that you can drive your profits. So I think those are really you know three big fundamentals that I would highlight. Yeah, very important. And I'm glad you mentioned those things because let's face it, we live in this digital world where a lot of people yeah. think they're gonna get famous overnight on sure. social media, and that's far from the truth. In fact. Yeah. You know, it's probably going to take you a long time before anybody actually even gets a whiff of who you are. Oh, you know? absolutely. And I love what you said about high quality content and consistency. Yeah. Consistency, consistency, consistency. This is something that a lot of entrepreneurs simply do not do because they post once and then a couple of days will go by. I'll post something else on social media. It's like, bro, if you can't be consistent, how in the hell am I going to trust yes. you? Yeah. And so you were talking about the basics of that, you know, being really important, which brings me to the next thing that I actually wanted, since we're talking about entrepreneurship and, you know, you own a consulting business and you work with a lot of different entrepreneurs and businesses. I'm curious to know, are there any specific traits that you think um, every modern entrepreneur should be equipped for in terms of success? Yes. Well, yeah, I do. Uh, I, I think the number one most important thing is imperfect action. Right. Mm -hmm. So above all else, you, you cannot grow in theory, right? So there's the people that talk about and plan for what they're going to do. And then there's the people that do it. Right. So the first thing is imperfect action. The second thing is being coachable, not taking things personal, you know, being open to getting feedback, uh, being willing to uh, get feedback and direction uh, from someone who's been where you want to be. So coachability is, is, is second, right? Um, third is being able to maintain focus and being able to maintain focus is essential because to master something, it takes 10,000 hours and a lot of repetition and a lot of iterations. And what I find is that most people are not willing to do any one thing for long enough to create mastery. And therefore they're always a beginner. They're always a novice. They can never create scalable results because they're always starting over. Right. So, yeah. you know, imperfect action being open to feedback, being coachable, uh, being able to maintain focus, right? Being committed to iterations uh, and then just playing the long game because that's not just like a, a phrase that you say. When you are playing the long game, you're making decisions through the lens and the, the context of the success that you are creating that's going to compound over a period of years. And yeah. that is extremely different than when you're taking short-term tactical actions that you're looking for a quick transaction on. So whether you're playing the short game or the long game actually dictates your, your mindset, your behavior, your action, and your outcome. And, you know, a lot of people, because of impatience, 
are so in tune with taking short-term actions that they really sabotage their long-term success. And I think that's why they can never break out of that cycle and really create those big breakthroughs that they're looking for. Yeah. So powerful right there. You were talking about the long game and I'm a huge fan of that because um, I run into a lot of people, a lot of people every single day in all my feeds that are just that they're, they're just putting is all they're doing literally. And the reality of things is, you know, that the long-term game is years down the road. Building a legacy in essence is what you're doing. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't understand from the beginning that when you actually start to build a business, and I think you talked about this or implied it actually, that you're in essence building a legacy and a legacy takes decades. I mean, I know people 20, 30 years in business running nine, 10 figure businesses and they're like, bro, I, I feel like I just started literally. Yeah. And he is taking over two decades to even get to this point, you know, and now I'm thinking about, all right, how am I going to be remembered? Yes. You know, which is really important. Um, so thank yes. you for sharing that. Um, one thing that I want to know, you know, you were talking about uh, buyer remorse earlier in 2023, which is something that I think a lot, a lot of businesses are seeing. But I would love to get your take on what what is the importance of or what are some important things in terms of differentiating yourself in 2023 as a modern business? Like, are there a couple of things that you can suggest? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that, listen, trust is built uh, with consistency over time. And again, this is why you have to recognize, and I think so many people don't realize that like when you're launching something or when you're doing a big push for sales, right? What you did in the months leading up to that is far more important than what you're doing in the moment. And I think that a lot of people are seeing, you know, because people are holding on to their money a little bit more, they're being more more careful and selective in their buying decisions. If you just show up and you want to sell something on the spot and you haven't done the pre-work of nurturing and showing up and really building trust and creating continuity with the brand where they really feel like they know you, they really feel like they know who you are, they really feel like they trust you as a person, as a business leader, whatever it is, um, that they've already gotten value for free. I always say your job is to create incongruency in the relationship where they feel like they've gotten so much more value from you for free that when you make an offer, they're like, yes, absolutely. I already feel like I've gotten so much from this person. Um, So I think that creating that incongruence is really important in 2023 more than ever. And I think that your behavior, nurturing your audience and nurturing your leads and actually connecting with people on a one-to-one basis is more important than ever because people are are definitely making buying decisions differently right now. And they're going to, because, yeah. you know, with the cost of everything being as high as it is, people just simply have less disposable income. It's a fact. Yeah. I, I love that you said personalization and humanization, which is really mm-hmm. key. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've seen a lot of that in the prospecting and the business development yeah. aspect where people just want to really more connect on one-on-one, you know, yeah. they don't want to necessarily be pitched, you know, and I know you, you've gone through this or probably doing something similar, you know, from a prospecting standpoint where it really has to be interpersonal all yes. the way down to like, do you have kids? You know, what do you like to do yes. on the weekends? Hey, yes. how about we grab dinner if you're local? Or yes. hey, can we hop on a chat? Mm-hmm. Tell me about your story. Like really interpersonal, yes. which 
kind of reminds me a little bit about core values and the way businesses operate or should operate, because mm -hmm. that really kind of intersects with what you were just talking about, yep. which brings me to the next thing that I'm very, very excited about to get your take on is the marketing piece, you know, running an eight figure business, right? What does that look like for your business? Can you share some tips on things that you've done, your clients have done to help them be more successful? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that we do with our clients because marketing right now is literally like do or die in your business. Like it doesn't matter if you have great sales reps, if your marketing stinks, you're going to be in trouble because the the field is on social media now. And that's where you're finding your prospects. That's where your prospects are finding you. They're consuming your content. They're looking at your marketing. They're making decisions about what they believe to be true about your brand. So, I mean, I think that uh, having a brand identity sticking to that brand identity, having clarity around what you want people to believe about your brand, and then making sure that every single day, that everything that you're doing, everything that you do either reinforces the brand and builds it up or it breaks it down, period, no gray. Mm -hmm. So when you're putting things out and when your team is marketing and when you're thinking about how you're leveraging in the company, it's like, is this going to build the brand or is it going to break it down? Simple as that. And yeah. if you think about it in that way, you'll make a lot of better decisions. Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, consistency and frequency trumps everything. So the person that has the best brand in the world that posts, you know, every third month, no one cares, does nothing. The person that has an eh, okay brand, but they're really wildly consistent and they put out good, valuable stuff, they're probably doing pretty well. Yeah. You know, uh, there's so many things that you just mentioned and actually something that triggered in my brain that I actually want to ask you because you hit the nail on the spot about consistency. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter how good a content you have. If you're not consistent, consistency yeah. is trust. That's why we do, yeah. you know, business with other people because we can trust them. And most people don't understand the methodology behind if you show up right. consistently and they see you, that you're building awareness, you're yeah. building visibility. And ultimately, yeah. if they can see that, and then you said it takes 10,000 hours to build something in 10,000 hours, let's say productively eight hours per day, 40 hours per week. If you do that, 10,000 hours to build something. And here's people that are like, oh, in three months, I'm going to do six figures. Or it's like, no, 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 no. It's going to take a whole lot longer. But um, something that I want to ask you as a bonus, actually, since we talked about the marketing piece is um, what is your take on personal versus business brand how should businesses or how do you as a company do you differentiate that do you do you inter intersect that or what's your thoughts on that yeah so absolutely it's a great question so you know every founder needs a personal brand absolutely positively because you know ultimately the goal is you're going to monetize and and exit your business at some point so you should have every business that you have should have a business's brand uh, and you should have a personal brand. And those brands can absolutely cross over. So you're in the business brand, the business brand is on yours, cool. Um, but you want to think about it from the standpoint of you are not the business. For me, for example, I run multiple companies, right? So it's really important that there's Kelly, the person, and then there's the business advisory, there's the conviction marketing agency, there's the advance, there's all of these separate companies that have their own brand identity, they have their own branding, they might feature me every now and then and I might feature them, but those are separate things and I think that's really important um, for founders to be thinking about it.
And again, because what is the purpose of a business? You, there's only three exit plans for a business. You shut it down, you pass it on, or you monetize with an exit. And so, you know, every founder should be building with the intent to be able to exit when they're ready. Uh, and that should fund, you know, your retirement. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, a, that's a really, really powerful segment right there, because I think a lot of companies, especially new entrepreneurs struggle with that. And understanding kind of the intersection between personal and business also like how do i manage my brand online should they be intersected should what should i post under, under the business profiles what should i post under my personal profile so um that's really key well with that being said i mean you just dropped a wealth of knowledge and you know i'm extremely appreciative i know the audience is going to be extremely appreciative um the fact that you're up there on inc 5000 congratulations thank you you know that's a my, that that's a milestone that most thank people you. i think dream of and obviously it attests to all the right things that you've done, you know, over the last decade. But um, in closing, you know, uh, for the audience, you know, how can they connect with you if they want to reach you? What's the best way to contact you? Yeah, definitely. So first and foremost, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was an awesome conversation. Uh, The Kelly Road Show. So almost a thousand episodes in, you can come, you can binge the show, come hang out and learn. The episodes are like 20 minutes or less, super easy. So uh, the Kelly Road Show, it's like one of the number one shows in the marketing segment of podcasts. So check that out. Um, And then come say hi on Instagram, slide on in my DMs, say hello, say you heard me here. I'd love to connect with you. So Kelly Roach official on Instagram and the Kelly Roach Show is the best place to to come learn and grow together. Excellent, Kelly. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in or just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again. You need some market reconnection. We got the answers to your questions. No second thoughts or second guessing. You need some market reconnection. Market reconnection Market reconnection